We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The long off season is still here, and we have five to six more weeks until the Bears. Return to the practice field at, at Hallis Hall for training camp as they officially wrapped up mandatory minicamp last week. And then things will get going again. But for now, it's going to be a little bit of a long summer, and we're going to try to get you through it as best as we can. Uh, let me bring in my co-host, Aaron Lemming, here to start this podcast. And Aaron, uh, you know, we said it last week, but it's these dreaded next couple of weeks where there's like literally nothing out there and, uh, unless there's some surprise trade or signing by the Bears. But yeah, not much out there to talk about. It's kind of the uh, the dog days of summer here until training camp starts. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot going on. I mean, really, the only thing that I kind of wanted to do before we kind of get this thing started is just, you know, send out my condolences to uh, John Moon Mullen's family. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away. Hey, what was it Sunday? Right. And obviously that's a, yes on father's day. It's a personal loss for me and it's a personal loss for a lot of people who knew him, but it's also, you know, a big loss for the bears community and just how good of a guy he was. And, you know, there's not enough I could say about him, you know, over the years, all the conversations we had and, you know, him opening his rental home up to me in training camp. The first year I went with Jeremy, I mean, no questions asked. He just offered out of the gate and said, Hey, you know, he can come, don't, don't let him stay in a hotel. He can come stay with us. And, you know, we kept a good relationship and I mean, he used to call me randomly all the time. He just, you know, we just talk about the most random things and he'd tell me the most random stories about, you know, the, the Mike Ditka era and everything else and how everything has changed. And, you know, obviously I know you knew him as well. And, you know, I just figured it would be good to at least start off and, and, and you know, acknowledge the fact that he passed uh, after a long battle with cancer and, you know, the, the amazing things that he was able to do while he had cancer and the, the people he was able to inspire and just how positive he ended up, you know, being throughout a really tough situation. So just kind of wanted to kick the podcast off with that. Cause like I said, I, you know, he was, he was, I, I considered him a close friend. I know a lot of people did and, you know, just kind of wanted to pay my respects. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm glad you said that because, you know, moon was, 
an awesome dude and he was an awesome guy. He was one of the kindest people I've ever, um, you know, got to meet on the beat. And, you know, it, it, it's, it sucks, man. Cause cancer is the absolute worst. He was 74 years old. And, you know, looking back my first year in the press box with the bears was a couple of years. I think it was like 2016, 2017. And, you know, for those who are not familiar with the press box, it's like these long rows of, of seats. And there's a couple at soldier field, um, of just like small sections where it's just two seats in the press box because of, you know, that split it, um, due to code for, you know, walkways and stuff like that. And my first year, it was me and him. And, you know, I didn't get to sit next to Jeremy or anything like that. And he was kind of, and moon was kind of split off from, um, his guys. I believe JJ was working at, at Chicago or at, um, Comcast Sportsnet at the time. And, you know, Moon could have very well, you know, not talked to me and, and kind of been like, oh, who's this guy? He's new on the beat. But it was like the complete opposite. It was like awesome to kind of be able to share, you know, a, a little space like that, just me and him essentially in that section um, during the games because. I mean, dude, he was so knowledgeable about everything. He covered the team for so many years. He knew what he was talking about. Um, he was very friendly, very kind, um, you know, never complained. The only time I heard him complain was, and everyone complained about this, but I, I told you this, the Bears would turn on the air conditioner in December and have the heater on in September. So everyone complained about that in the press box. And, you know, he'd always ask me questions and it wasn't, you know, not, not all of them were football questions. He'd ask me questions about, life and you know where i'm from what i'm doing and you know you know a couple of times he'd ask me how to um help him with his computer a couple of times which was pretty good but yeah i mean <clears throat> you would never have known i mean that he had cancer unless you know you you asked him or, or anything like that because you know when he was diagnosed a couple of years ago before things got bad i mean he was still on the beat he was still around the team um, all the time and he was just his positive self and, you know, reminded me of, of JD who we lost, I think it was what back in October, November um, of this past year, he was the same exact way. You just never knew. I mean, he never, you know, was down about ever anything. He, he was always the, you know, his normal self. And that, that was just how moon was. And yeah, man, it sucks. Cause you know, you and I've talked about it, but we lost two really good, you know, not, not only writers and people that cover the team, but, two really good people um, on the bear speed over the past year or so. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, it's, it's two, two very tough losses, especially for you and everybody else who covers the team on a day to day during the season and the off season. It's yeah. It's just when you lose two good people like that, um, you know, JD was great to me as well. Um, you know, there's always, it's always interesting stepping, you know, stepping into, you know, into training camp and being on the sidelines with different reporters and how everybody's going to. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. It's not. And especially in the Chicago media, it's not at all. And, you know, JD was great to me, you know, working with ESPN. It's like, he could have very easily have just, you know, have been stuck up or, you know, just kind of not giving me the time of day, but he was great. And like I said, man, moon was one of the first people that I got to know in person, uh, at training camp the first year I was there. And like I said, I mean, he just called me, called me out of the blue. Um, and we, we talked for an hour or two and, you know, we texted back and forth all the time. I mean, I, I texted with him, uh, you know, earlier last week and you could definitely tell something was up, um, you know, but even then, you know, he was still being positive. He never wanted to, and that was the thing is he never wanted to burden anybody with his problems. Right. And it was kind of the same thing that everybody talked about with JD where, 
you know, even though he's going through this tough time and even though he knows that his time on this earth was running short, he wanted to ask you about your things. He wanted to talk about the positives, you know, with moon, it was, uh, you know, they went to Florida, um, at the beginning of the year and they'd already had their plan, you know, their trip plan for next year. I mean, that was just the kind of person that he was in the, in the, in the mindset that he had and just how open and, and welcoming he was to anybody who met him. It didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter if you were a writer, it didn't matter if you were a blogger, it didn't matter if you were a random person or a fan of, you know, that's the thing. <laughs> like, you know, you go, you go out to eat with moon and training camp and he's signing autographs for people. I mean, that was just, that was, he was almost larger than life. And that was just the, the person that he was and the outpouring of, of support, um, and remembrance that, you know, we've seen over the last few days is a direct reflection of who he was as a person. And again, I, you know, I've only got to know him over the last six or seven years and right out of the gate, you know, it's just one of moon was just one of those guys that you felt like you've known your entire life. And it didn't matter what the age gap was, didn't matter what the, you know, what, what the gap was in terms of, you know, being from Chicago, what your background was, your interests, anything like that. He could always find a way. And I think the funniest story that I can remember, um, and I'm sure a few people are going to remember this. So a few years back when Jordan Howard was still on the team, it was actually the year before he was traded. Um, Moon put out a story and it's funny because we were talking about it right as he was putting it out and Moon put out a story that the Bears were actually shopping around Jordan Howard. And he puts out the story on NBC Sports Chicago, or maybe it was Comcast at the time. I can't even remember if they'd made the, made the switch yet. And he put it out within, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes, Ryan Pace calls him and bitches him out. And he's like, what are you doing? You know, this is not the truth. And, you know, Moon knew it was. And, you know, and keep in mind, him and Ryan, Ryan Pace actually had a really good relationship. They used to ride bikes together. They'd gone out to dinner quite a bit. Uh, and it was more than just football. I mean, they had a relationship, a personal relationship outside of football. And, you know, Ryan Pace called him and bitched him out and obviously nothing came of it. But then the next year, then he gets traded and Moon was telling me, you know, the next time he saw Ryan Pace, he just kind of gave him that smile like, uh huh, you know, all that all that fanfare. And, you know, it's just one of those things that reminds me, you know, it's, it's just it, it makes me smile because, you know, there were a lot of people giving Moon crap over that report and everybody was calling it fake and everybody was saying, you know, oh, there's nothing to it. There absolutely was something to it. Uh, the Bears had shot Jordan Howard. Obviously, they didn't get anything for him, but that was just who Moon was. Like he knew everybody, uh, you know, even if you go back and you read some of the articles about people remembering him, guys like Kyle Long talked about him and how he was never somebody that was just going to get in there and and you know, uh, you know, pry for information and, 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 you know, just mine information and not give anything back. Like he was a genuinely good person who wanted to know how you were doing and who you were and get to know you on a personal level. And there was no ulterior motive behind it. That was just who he was. And that's why he impacted so many people's lives. And like I said, it's, it's a tough loss. It's a tough loss for a lot of people, myself included, but it's also, it's inspiring to see how he went about things because at every, you know, in everybody's life, they're going to face their own mortality and some people react well to it and other people's, you know, other people don't. And I think both are very understandable. I think that being able to face things the way that he did with such a stark diagnosis with such a bleak, uh, you know, long-term outlook on it. I mean, I talked to him right after, uh, you know, right after it kind of came out, I was asking him and he said, well, 
you know, really right now there's no cure to it, but guess what? We're going to wait for a cure. I mean, that was just his mindset on everything. And he, you know, he started doing the video uh, series on YouTube and just tried to find a way to inspire other people uh, to be able to get through their difficulties with cancer and their difficulties as a whole. And I just think again, man, like I can't say it enough. I think it just, it speaks to him as a person and really everything that you see people say about him is true. Like, I mean, he was just that type of person and, you know, it's, again, it's, it's, it's a tough loss, but at the same time, you know, you feel like you're better in life, especially man in today's day and age with how terrible everything is around this world and how terrible things can be in this country, you know, you just feel better off of being able to know and have a relationship and be able to call somebody like John Moon Mullen, a friend, uh, in the end. And again, it, it is sad, but at the same time, it's also, it's good that he's no longer suffering. And, you know, really, you know, he wanted to look at things in a positive outlook. And that's the way that I want to talk about him. That's the way that I want to be able to remember him is, is not for him passing away and not for him having cancer, but all of the good that he did and all of the ways that he was able to inspire people and just the overall inspiring outlook that he had on life. I, I just, that's not something that you find a lot in life. And I think when you find those kind of people, that's the type of thing that you have to treasure. Yeah. And I mean, you, you said it with the kind of long story too. Uh, you would always see moon kind of sitting in, in a, in a locker in a player's locker and, you know, <clears throat> players could get mad and, and what's this guy doing, but he had the respect of, of everyone in there. And like you said, he, it wasn't always, you know, Oh, let me get a scoop on football. He wanted to get to know the player and he wanted to get to, you know, build relationships and friendships and, and, and know more about the person um, that was playing football. And I, you know, anyone that's trying to get into journalism, anything like that, I would highly recommend taking that route and learning more about people rather than, you know, just seeing them as football players because, because they have, you know, they have lives as well. And I think Moon really did that well. And, you know, to, to kind of um, wrap up about, about Moon here, it, you know, I recommend everyone. There's a couple pieces. I mean, everyone's done a fantastic job remembering him and writing about Moon. Um, there's a couple, you know, Melissa Isaacson, who was really close to him, wrote something in the Daily Herald about him. Um, and Casey Johnson wrote um, something about him as well. Both, you know, I highly recommend reading and everything else that you can and definitely check out his YouTube channel. Um, I, I just believe it's under John Mullen. I, I'll have to double check, but I'm pretty positive. I was watching it the other day um, and it's just very inspiring. Not only, you know, if you're going through something, but, you know, just seeing how he was as a person, how we can be better, you know, everyone can be better and everyone can take those lessons. Um, and again, our, my condolences to, to his family died way too early at the age of 74. I mean, he's just a great guy and we're definitely going to miss him. Um, yeah. It's just, it sucks. It had to happen. And, you know, like you said, it's just, at least he's not suffering anymore. So um, yeah. And uh, Aaron to kind of segue over, you know, it's, it's kind of tough to talk about football things, but um yeah, here we are now. Um, five to six weeks away, but it's five weeks away from the actual start of training camp. The Bears are going to report on July 26th on their first practice, July 27th. And the first open practice will be July 28th, all at Hallis Hall. There'll be 11 open practices plus the one family fest practice, which is August 7th at Soldier Field. It's a 1030 um, start. Same thing they did last year. I saw a lot of people kind of freak out that it's during the week. Um, pretty much same thing they did last year with it during the week. And um, yeah, I mean, we're going to get to see fans are going to get to see um, their first look at Matt Eberflus's team. And, 
you know, he told us right before they, they ended, they wrapped up minicamp. He said, the guys better come in shape. Um, they better be coming to run and they, and they better be prepared. And, and I think he means it. I'm kind of excited to see how he's going to handle his first training camp here with the bears. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, like you pointed out, I mean, it's not just Matt Eberflus and this coaching staff that's new. There's a lot of new players on this roster. There's a lot of battles going on. And, you know, this is going to be a very important training camp. There's, you know, there's 13 it's thirteen days, right? 13 days, including Family Fest, that are open to the public. Uh, I believe it's I believe it's 11, so 12, 12 including the Family Fest. Okay, yeah. So, you know, fans will get a chance to kind of get out. It looks like instead of doing the lottery or whatever they're, you know, they did, that you basically just go on and register for tickets, which is yes, good. That's um, the biggest change, too. That's the biggest and best change that they've made is that you can't, you know, it's not just a lottery. It's you can actually get tickets for that day unless they sell out, I believe. Or yeah. not so because they're free, but you know what I mean. Yes, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm sure there's a capacity. So yeah, no, it'll it'll be interesting to see. And obviously, again, man, there's a lot of battles moving in. I mean, one of the developments that happened over the last few days was the fact that Dakota Dozier did indeed suffer a season-ending injury. Uh, I know that you guys have reported on that last week. Uh, during practice that he was taken off with a cart. And I mean, I don't know about you, but at least as of right now, looking at that roster, at least before the injury, Dakota Dozier is a guy that I had penciled in to start at right guard. Now I know Sam Mustafer has been taking the majority of the snaps at right guard, but I think ultimately Dakota Dozier was going to end up being the taller of the two midgets, I guess you could say. I don't really know. Like the lesser of the two evils. I don't, I don't really, I don't know how you would put that you know, it just basically the, the better of the two bad options. Um, that, but now I think it's going to be interesting because I think that opens up an avenue for either the Bears to go out and sign a veteran um, or, you know, possibly trade for a veteran. I don't think that's going to happen. Or more likely, a guy like Zachary Thomas, uh, one of their third, you know, day three picks um, to be able to come in and at least compete. I mean, he's, he played some left tackle or left, sorry, left guard with Cody Whitehair out. Um, you know, so that'll be interesting to see because I don't think you can just hand Sam Must- hands Sam Musta for the job, and I definitely don't think you should. I don't think there's any way possible that he should be starting come week one. Uh, but you know, I think the offensive line as a whole is going to be really, really interesting because as much as Matt Eberflus and his coaching staff want to downplay that they did this cycle of basically two different groups on the offensive line, it sure it sure feels like Braxton Jones, uh, their, you know, their uh, their fifth round rookie, their another day three pick, 
is going to get the first crack at left tackle. And, you know, obviously we'll have to see if there's any rotations or any whatever, but it seems like Tevin Jenkins may be on the outside looking in, moving into camp. And I think, again, that doesn't mean that he's not going to ultimately win one of those jobs. Maybe they end up sliding him in that right guard. Who knows? But what it does mean is their second round pick from last year that they traded up and gave away their third round pick for, uh, that means that he's on the outside looking in. And I, I don't, you know, if, even if you, even if you look at it and you say, okay, you know, Borum, Larry Borum, and and uh, Braxton Jones end up being a good uh, tackle tandem, I, I still don't think that means very good things for a guy like Tevin Jenkins, even if it is an early sign. I, I think that's going to be one of the things that's really going to be worth monitoring moving forward in the training camp is that offensive line because I think that's going to have the huge. That's going to be tied a lot to the amount of success or lack thereof that this Bears offense has, especially with a guy like Justin Fields going into year two. Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously the biggest development was, you know, the Dakota Doja injury. And you're right. I mean, even with Doja, I still think, you know, that is the weakest spot on the offensive line is right guard. And they're going to have to find some some sort of uh, solution for it. And, and right now, you know, appears that solution, Sam Mustafer, unless they, they want to try Tevin Jenkins there. Uh, I don't think that's really going to happen. And then they could always, you know, scour the, the free agent market, although there's not much left. They'd probably have to wait until – initial cuts are, are out right before the season. So, yeah, I mean, this offensive line, man, it's still a work in progress. And, you know, we've talked about it, but Tevin Jenkins, you know, moving back with the second team, you know, and only playing right tackle there is a little concerning to me because, you know, he's a player that they traded up for, although it's not this regime, um, but they traded up for him in the second round. And whether he's still hurt or bothered by his injury or he's just not performing, they've seen enough somewhere to warrant giving a rookie in Braxton Jones a shot at left tackle and moving Larry Borum to right tackle. So Jenkins not even with the first team right tackle, which is kind of another wrinkle to this. So, yeah, I mean, they're really going to have to find their solution and their combination. And, you know, a lot of people want to talk about Justin Fields doesn't have wide receivers and then they're really struggling with that. They're struggling at offensive line as well. And those are the two most important positions for Justin Fields is having players to throw to and having a line to protect them. And right now I can't confidently say that this offensive line is, is better than last year. And I don't think it's going to be better than last year at this point. Um, even, you know, a lot of people are banking on Lucas Patrick to be a really good center. I hope he is, but I mean, it's still a free agent signing. We still haven't seen him play uh, with this roster. And, you know, Cody Whitehair is also coming off a disappointing year last year. So Really no guarantees, and for me, you know, it's still it's still June, but I think we might see um, some musical chairs on the offensive line throughout the year. Well, and I think the big thing and one of the more interesting things to monitor over the next, you know, few weeks, you know, or I guess month plus until they start training camp and even in the training camp is – there's still a decent amount of quality veterans out there to where maybe you look at them and you say, yeah, I don't really want to go with this unless I have to. Um, but there are some options where I think at some point in time, you have to kind of weigh development in a, in a rebuild year with, you know, the detriment it could be to a young quarterback and an offense that's really trying to, you know, kind of trying to grasp for straws. And it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we're still seeing veteran signings, uh, you know, as of today, which I guess is what Wednesday, um, we just saw Larry Ogunjobi sign a one-year deal uh, with the Steelers, which I think says everything it needs to about the fact that that was just never going to be an avenue that Larry Ogunjobi was going to want to go down again with the Bears. And I think, you know, we've talked about that multiple times and the fact that 
yeah, it would have been nice to get him on a one-year deal. Um, but I think that bridge was completely burned. Um, you know, when you, when you look at the fact that, you know, he was the first move that the bears made, obviously Nolan void after the failed physical. Um, but then, you know, you kind of turn around and it took him, I mean, we're in basically the end of June right now. So, I mean, it's, it's been quite a while, um, since, you know, he's even had any sort of contract offer finally signed another contract and we haven't seen the money yet, but I'm willing to bet that it's not for a lot of money, especially this late in the year. So, or this late in the off season, more of the points. So it's going to be very interesting to kind of see how everything plays out on both sides of the ball. Um, I do think, you know, at least from everything I've, you know, kind of seen in terms of reports and stuff like that, it sounds like though, there have been, you know, at least in terms of rookie minicamp and then going into minicamp and OTAs and everything else, it sounds like some of these rookies have stood out. I mean, the fact that Braxton Jones is getting first team snaps at left tackle, I think says something, you know, Valus Jones sounds like he's been, uh, you know, pretty involved with the offense so far. Obviously, uh, Jaquan Brisker has been another guy that at least everything I've read, he's been impressive. And then obviously we're going to have to see what happens with Kyler Gordon. There's been no real exposure or explanation as to why he really hasn't been out there, you know, practicing, but I would guess he's ready to go. So, I mean, I'm kind of curious from your perspective, when you're looking at this rookie class, I man, it's a big rookie class. I mean, granted, most of these guys are obviously day three picks, but who stood out to you over these last few weeks? Uh, and, you know, who are you looking for more of uh, moving forward in the training camp in the preseason? Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And you're talking just in terms of the rookie class? Yeah, just in terms of the rookie yep. class. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at the rookie class, obviously everyone wants to talk about Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, and rightfully so, though Gordon really hasn't been out there much in the past uh, last few practices, I'd say. I can't actually remember the last time he was fully out there. I want to say it was the second OTA session, maybe the first. Um, but when he's been out there, you know, Gordon's looked good. Uh, same with Brisker. Um, as good as you can look in shorts and, and it's not pads out there or anything like that. Um, they are still installing a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like what I've saw, seen from um, uh, Dominic Robinson, the defensive end who was, I believe it was a wide receiver, wasn't he? I think a wide receiver. And um, I think he played a different position as well in high school. And, you know, he's been pretty good out there. He's someone that's caught my eye um, outside of those two, other defensive players um, really, you know, it's kind of hard to, to, to kind of judge the offensive line because they're not really pushing. They're not really doing any of the, of the blocking or anything like that right now with no pads. So I can't fully speak on, on the offensive linemen. I know they drafted a couple of them, so that's, I'm not trying to take the easy way out, but 
there's just not much. You just can't see much um, in, in terms of being out there in shorts. So, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd have to go someone like Dominic Robinson. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, Travis Ebner, he's quick. Um, nothing that's been like, oh, wow, he's going to really contend for reps with, you know, someone like Cleo Herbert or David Montgomery. Um, Elijah Hicks um, has missed a couple practices as well. He's kind of down in the pecking order a little bit in terms of that safety um, depth chart because, you know, you're going to be behind Brisker, you're behind Jackson, you're behind DHC as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would probably go uh, um, with Wes and Robinson. And then obviously the two that are that's getting all the attention from everyone else as well, you know, is Brisker and Gordon. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Brisker because I do think he fits a lot better um, than some of the, the solutions, quote unquote, that they've had in the past couple of years, you know, with Gibson last year, um, haha, Clinton Dix trying to finally replace and find a, a permanent replacement for Adrian Amos. I think Brisker kind of fits that mold a lot better. And I think that's going to translate well with um, Eddie Jackson who can kind of play that, you know, rangy safety type role. And I think we're going to see Brisker in the box a lot as well. I think they're going to kind of use them, you know, I don't want to say like hybrid where it'll be like a linebacker or safety or anything like that, but I think we'll see them up in the box when they want to blitz or or they know it's an obvious rundown to stop the run. Um, things like that. And I, and I think it'll benefit Eddie Jackson as well in the long term. Well, I think the other level to the whole Brisker thing is the fact that there's a very real chance this could be Eddie Jackson's last year. If he plays like he has last two years and he can't get back to his ways of intercepting balls and creating turnovers and being that playmaker that he was when they signed him that big deal a few years ago, then I think there's a real chance that Jaquan Brisker could be the I don't know if I'd say veteran safety, but the, you know, the, the safety that has the most tenure uh, moving into 2023. I mean, there's a real chance, especially with the amount of money that Eddie Jackson's going to make next year and how much it's, you know, basically how much they could save by cutting him. There's a real chance without a really good year from him that he may not be, you know, he may not be around next year. The bears are in really good shape moving, you know, moving into next year in terms of the cap, and they're going to have a lot more flexibility to, be able to cut some more dead weight or as they view it. So I think that's going to be interesting. And then, you know, kind of transitioning over just as a whole, you know, just in terms of, you know, what you saw out there, obviously I think offensive line and defensive line are going to be a little hard to evaluate, but as a whole with veterans, rookies, anything, who all stood out to you the most um, during these sessions, anybody you're feeling higher on, anybody you're feeling lower on than you were um, when, when all this started. I'll say, I I still think the offense needs, a lot of work. And I, and I think, you know, Justin Fields admitted that. I mean, he was asked, you know, do you think you're ready to play in a game and at this stage? And he said, no. And he was truthfully honest. And I think Matt Eberflus knows that too. And Matt Eberflus even said, yeah, I mean, that's the right answer to say right there. Cause we're not. And what people have to remember is, you know, these past OTAs and minicamp, they're still with, with a new regime they're still installing a lot in the playbook. They're going through the playbook. They're trying to learn everything, the cadences, um, the plays, you know, lining up everyone and where guys are going to fit. So, you know, I, I think Fields isn't wrong. I don't think that's anything to, to panic about. Um, I think that's true with a lot of teams right now. Um, you know, maybe not the Buffalo Bills or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, even the Green Bay Packers, teams like that, um, Los Angeles Rams, Chiefs, you know, you go down the line. But, I mean, even, you know, other teams that have been there, you know, there's still a work in progress right now. And I think that's fair to say about this offense. And that's kind of – honestly, that was the biggest thing that really stood out to me is 
when I, when I went out there and saw these OTAs, it wasn't consistently bad. It wasn't consistently good days from the offense. You know, the offense may have stacked a day or two uh, in a week of a good practice. And then, you know, they'd have a bad practice or, or they'd struggle. Maybe it wasn't terrible, but it was like, okay, they're not, you know, as good as they were. So, you know, overall, I think the defense was probably the better unit. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of takeaways, a lot of turnovers. What I, you know, not, I know I'm not naming any players specifically, but what I really liked about these sessions was the energy, especially from the defense. Um, it kind of felt like they had a different level of swagger. I don't want to say like they had that 2018 swagger back because there's not many. I mean, I think it's just what Eddie Jackson, DHC, and um, um, Roquan Smith that's back, you know, from that defense, but they just had a certain level of energy that you like to see when they're out there, you know, playfully trash talking. they're trying to force takeaways. They're picking the ball up when it hits the ground and trying to return it. And I really liked that. I think Matty Rufalus has a very um, team oriented bunch of guys and guys that want to be there for the team. And, you know, Justin Fields even said in the off season that the culture wasn't always the greatest last year under, you know, under Matt Nagy and the locker room wasn't the greatest. So I, I think, you know, Matty Rufus has, that's a hurdle that he has to overcome and he has to build that from the ground up. I think so far, you know, he's done a good job, but to kind of, you know, maybe pick some players that did stand out. Um, obviously, you know, an obvious one, I won't spend too much time on him. Jalen Johnson looks the part out there. I, I really don't think it's anything to panic that he was with the, the second team at all. I, I thought he looked really good out there, you know, in terms of the offense, um, I'm trying to think, I mean, Valus Jones's speed is actually what I thought it'd be really impressed me out there. I think he had a really nice camp. I think he's going to be better than what a lot of people um, think. And, you know, I liked what Khalil Herbert had too. You know, it is kind of tough to judge the running backs um, out there because of the blocking assignments and everything. Um, maybe not, aren't on par all the time. And like we said, they're not in pads or anything like that, but you know, especially him out of the backfield catching passes. I, I, I kind of liked what I saw from him. And, you know, David Montgomery kind of just still has that same juice, you know, and just because I'm not mentioning guys doesn't mean they were bad or anything like that. Uh, those are guys just kind of caught my eye essentially, you know, last week in, in the past couple of practices. But I, I do think, you know, there is a lot to work on um, uh, for this offense. And, and that's going to be kind of the biggest storyline in training camp because if they come out and struggle, you know, there's going to be some, you know, I won't say panic, but there's going to be a little worry that maybe they're, they are too far behind at, at this stage. But yeah, you know, I'd say like Valus Jones was someone I had my, I noted multiple times out there. Um, who was the other guy? Jalen Johnson. I noted multiple times out there. I thought uh, Thomas Graham was another one. Um, he did have a kind of a bad practice. One of the days I want to say it was a second week or third week of OTAs. Um, they were kind of targeting him a lot, but other than that, I mean, Thomas Graham looks like he's ready to, kind of take that nickel job over which is you know not good news for Devon Young but good no, news for the Bears you ready showtime on May 3rd summer starts with the fall guy what are you doing later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. That was actually what I was going to ask you. That was going to be my last question is, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like 
Thomas Graham is almost kind of slid into that starting nickelback role. Is that, is that, would I yeah. be interpreting that correctly? Yeah. Well, so here's the thing they're shuffling a lot of guys in and out with the first and second teams. Um, they're doing actually a lot more than what I saw from Matt Nagy the past couple of years. Um, you know, usually Matt Nagy would, would stick with, with the ones or twos and the guys wouldn't be shuffling around at least in training camp practices or practices too often, unless there was a true position battle, but they've been shuffling guys in and out of a lot of positions. So yeah, I would think it's fair to say that Thomas Graham is a standout in terms of, and does have the inside track of being the starter. Um, but I mean, you know, it's still going to be a competition in training camp. I don't think there's really going to hand him a job right away. Now he could get those first, first team reps in the first couple practices but it's not like I would pencil him in right away as a starter week one. So I think that's actually going to be a very interesting battle. And I think, you know, once Kyler Gordon gets healthy and gets back out there and is practicing, you know, that second DB job as well, opposite of, of Jalen Johnson is going to be one of my favorites to kind of watch um, throughout the offseason because I, I think it's very winnable for Kyler Gordon, especially, you know, with, with, with Kendall Vilder being his main competition out there and a couple other guys. Yeah, I think if if uh, Kyler Gordon doesn't win the job, then then you know he either got hurt or something it, seriously wrong. I yeah, and we don't. So not to interrupt you, I don't. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. And I mean, I've been there, and I don't recall hearing anything that Matt Eberflus said he had an injury or anything like that. I mean, he's been on the bike a couple practices, but I mean, it's got to be right. It's got to be an injury. I mean, you would well, you would think. I mean, he's been uh, he's been asked directly about a few injuries, and he basically won't comment on it. The only other thing I can think of is. Him and Jaquan Brisker both haven't signed the rookie deals yep. yet. And obviously, you'd have to assume that that gets handled before training camp. It's weird, actually. The majority of the the you know the unwritten or the unsigned picks still remaining are all in the second round, and I don't know what the deal with all that is. So it could have something to do. I mean, obviously, Brisker's been out there, but they're two different people. Like it could have something to do with this contract, and maybe he's not really looking to go too crazy or too hard until he gets that deal done. That would be my only guess. But, yeah, I'm not worried about that. I'm actually really intrigued to see because Tavon Young, when healthy, he's a really – he's one of the yeah. better corners in the league, yeah. but he is getting older. So, if you can have a guy like Thomas Graham Jr. that can step in and, and take that nickel roll right out of the bat and, you know, you can have your longer-term answer there, I mean, I think that helps the defense out quite a bit. But, again, kind of like we talked about, I, I, there's going to be a lot of interesting battles. That is the one really positive thing that you can say about a rebuild is the talent may not be there, the, the overall season expectations may not be there, but there is going to be a lot to watch. There's going to be a lot of, you know, different shuffling going around. It sounds like there already has been. And, you know, you're going to, you're basically going in to the season with a list of questions and you're just hoping that you get enough answers to where, you know, that you can have a viable uh, road in free agency and in the draft next year to really kind of jump back on the map. I mean, we see it all the time, man. We see teams all the time that come out of nowhere uh, you know, over a pretty short amount, you know, short period of time where they were able to kind of rebuild, retool and do what they need to do. So there's no reason that the Bears can't do that. But obviously, a lot of that's going to start in training camp, moving into the preseason and obviously in the regular season. They have to get development out of some of these guys. They have to have a lot more answers, uh, you know, heading into next offseason than they do right now, which I'd say, you know, on the, on the list of answers that they have, they don't have very many. Yeah, I would also add um, Justin Jones as well. He's been a guy that, that I've noted a couple times. Um, I know it said it's hard to kind of evaluate the D line and O line, but he's a guy that I, I counted in the backfield a couple times out there um, during practices. 
Yeah. And, you know, to kind of that point, I mean, there's really no guaranteed spots. I mean, outside of, you know, Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, Roquan Smith, I'd, I'd say Eddie Jackson's pretty much a lock out there. Jalen Johnson, you know, maybe Justin Jones as well. There's not really a lot of locked in positions. And I think we're going to see a lot of training camp battles. And, you know, I think it's going to continue where they're going to be shuffling guys in and out, especially at wide receiver. I mean, they have like 16 guys out there. I, I think they're going to be shuffling multiple guys in with the first team, getting them looks, multiple guys with the second team, at least early on until they f- kind of find their standouts. I mean, obviously, you know, Darnell Mooney is going to be a starter. I'd imagine uh, Byron Pringle is going to be a starter and Valus Jones will get a lot of the reps as well. Um, but it wouldn't shock me to see, you know, St. Brown get some reps with the first team. Guys like that um, – that are going to be kind of shuffled in and out to see what they got and if they can build that chemistry with Justin Fields. I think that's the most interesting thing is, is we're going to have a lot of competition. We're going to have a lot of new faces here to kind of learn. And we're really going to see, you know, not only the new coaching staff, but we're going to see these new players in action and what they can do. And it should make for an interesting training camp. Yeah, it should. And just kind of a note, I mean, Justin Jones is one of their, Bigger free agent signings, if you could even really call it that, because they didn't really have many, you know, uh, multi-year deals. But he's only 25 years old. Um, so I know a lot of people kind of, you know, point to, you know, Keem Hicks and those kind of players that really helped the Bears rebuild along the first time around. And again, I'm not trying to place too heavy of expectations because I don't expect that. But Justin Jones would be one of those guys that if he can break out and he can prove to be a top end or a really good three technique for the Bears, both now and in the future, uh, 25 years old, that's a kind of, uh, you know, low risk free agent signing that could pay huge dividends down the line. So we'll see. I mean, again, man, there's a lot to there's a lot to watch. There's a lot to be at least intrigued about, if not excited. Um, but now, again, like we've talked about the last few weeks, now we just got this wait about a month wait and then the training camp will be here. And then, you know, from there on out, it's just football time. Yeah, yeah, it's a long wait, man, but uh, it's going to be worth it because once it hits, you know, end of July and, and the training camp starts, man, it's going to be full speed. There's going to be stuff every single day that we're going to have to cover. So, yeah, it's going to be, you know, head on, and I'm looking forward to it as well. So, um, Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Where can everyone read your work? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at justzack, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Um, you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter. It's just Bear Report. And then obviously, please rate, review, subscribe um, on all major podcasting platforms to this podcast. It also helps out our draft and off-season podcasts and picks for polls. And yeah, check out our work on thebearreport.com. And then until next time, everyone, please stay safe.